TII item 378, January 7th, 2016, iOS 9.2.1 beta 2, and 2016 predictions. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Golly! Oh, yeah! My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of who I am. This episode of Today in iOS is brought to you by Harry's.com, where you can use promo code TII to save $5 off your first order. This episode is sponsored by Bowl and Branch. Visit bowlandbranch.com and use promo code TII to save 20% off your order and to get free shipping. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Phil for sending in the music you hear in the background. Phil wrote, Hi, Rob. This song is called Street Race, and it was created entirely with GarageBand on my iPhone. No other software or hardware were used. This is not available for sale anywhere. Just a hobby thing. Regards, Phil W. Well, thanks, Phil, for the music and folks. I will put the full song at the end of the episode. Also, I want to thank Zach for sending in the artwork for today's show. Zach wrote the following. Hey, Rob, I used an iPhone wallpaper and added the text and filters with the app Instasize. Regard, Zach S. Well, thanks, Zach, for sending in the artwork. And folks, you can see Zach's artwork in the free TII app via the bonus button for episode 378 or at Instagram.com slash today and iOS. And also as a standalone post in the VIP section and at facebook.com slash today iOS. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email it to me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote, quote, The iPhone will not substantially alter the fundamental structure and challenges of the mobile industry, unquote. Charles Golvin, Forrester Research, January 2007. I wanted to go back to some of the older comments about the iPhone, and this one sums up what most analysts thought about the iPhone when it was announced, and they could not have been more wrong. It just seems Wall Street types, especially the analysts, they just never have understood Apple or consumers for that matter. Just like right now with the current stock price, just saying. For promo codes on episode 377, we offered up chances to win promo codes for the app Snap and Actor, one word. A lot of you sent in for that promo code. Uh, they are now given away. So if you didn't get it, we might be doing another round for that app in February. So hopefully the devil, he's offered to send in more promo codes and we'll probably offer that up in February. So I, I'm keeping all those other ones in the uh, queue for that contest giveaway as well. This week, we have promo codes for the app Trail Jeeper Magazine. Three words. Here is a review from the dev. Hi, my name is Natalia Blackie, and I'm one of the developers for Trail Jeeper Magazine app. Trail Jeeper Magazine was created as an extension from our off-road shop in Colorado called Trail Jeeps. It was designed for fans of the Jeep JK Wrangler and beginners who want to venture into the off-road world with their Jeeps but don't have the know-how. The team at Trail Jeeps has extensive knowledge and experience in the off-road industry and participates in exclusive Jeep events throughout the year. They were looking for a platform to share all this content and the magazine was a perfect fit. This magazine includes do-it-yourself how-tos, new product releases, upcoming Jeep events throughout the U.S., trail reviews, interviews, and stunning photography. 
It's a quarterly magazine that's been formatted for all iOS devices, and it's definitely a great avenue for those interested in learning how to safely go off-road. You can find it in the App Store under Magazines and Newspapers in the Automotive section or keyword Trail Jeeper Magazine. Well, thanks to the dev for sending in their review of their app, Trail Jeeper Magazine, and for sending in the promo code to give away. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put trail in the subject line. A quick reminder, if you are an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment for free. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook, indicating you are the dev or the author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. And if English isn't your native language, but you'd still like to get your app reviewed, you can send in a written review and I'll read it for you. Well, it's good to be back. 2016, a new year. I hope everyone had a good and safe holiday season. Uh, as with any holiday season, this is I'm totally going off script here. Um, when I get together with family, I always ask my nieces and nephews, which apps are they using? And the one app that all the kids seem to be using this holiday season was the app Tiles. So Tiles was the big hit and the one that they were getting me addicted on. So if you're looking for a game to waste your time because you have all this extra free time, go ahead and check out Tiles. It's a free app. And um, I'm sorry I mentioned that to you. Oh, and I should specify, the exact name is Piano Tiles 2. There'll be a link to it in the show notes. And then the other app that my nieces and nephews were playing is Twist. Just one word, Twist. So Piano Tiles 2 and Twist, two different games to waste your time. And now the news. Apple released on Monday iOS 9.2.1 Beta 2 to devs and public beta testers. And as 9.2.1 is a double dot update, that means bug fixes are its main reason for being. And the Beta 2 of a double dot update is, yep, bug fixes for the bug fixes. Getting a little meta there. If you are a dev or a public beta tester, make sure you get the latest beta. Hi, Rob. Jeff from Connecticut. Happy New Year. Yesterday was uh, New Year's Day, and I had a chance to listen to your latest podcast. And 9.2.1 beta. Let's see if we can get 9.2.1 out fast. And hope that in there, there is an update for some Bluetooth issues that seem to have returned. I'll throw it out there and see if any of the other listeners have experienced this. Specifically, I drive GM vehicles, work for GM, and... General Motors is telling us since 9.2 came out with the uh, OS, the Bluetooth has uh, changed where if you receive an incoming call on Bluetooth and you finish the call, if you are listening to the radio, it will stay on Bluetooth input, won't go back to the radio. A lot of weird Bluetooth issues have started to arise and didn't know if anybody else has been experiencing that, but from what I'm being told, it has to do with 9.2, and when Apple releases an update, it should be addressed, should be, quote-unquote. So thought I'd throw that out there. Also thought I'd throw it out there that I thought in iOS 9 wasn't many new features, just uh, a, a more robust operating system with less glitches. I can't quite say I've seen that, but that's just my two cents. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate you for the show, and uh, have a great one. Well, Jeff, hopefully 9.2.1, the double dot update, will fix the Bluetooth issues. 
Actually, I will be updating to 9.2.1 beta 2 from 9.2 this week, as I noticed my phone is starting to act wonky with Touch ID and really laggy whenever I'm pulling up the camera. So I want to see if 9.2.1 beta 2 helps at all with those issues that I'm currently seeing. Apple put out a press release this week titled Record-Breaking Holiday Season for the App Store. Two guesses what it's about. Well, why don't we just read from this riveting piece of literature? Quote, in the two weeks ending January 3rd, customers spent over $1.1 billion on apps and in-app purchases, setting back-to-back weekly records for traffic and purchases. January 1st, 2016 marked the biggest day in App Store history with customers spending over $144 million. It broke the previous single-day record set just a week earlier on Christmas Day, unquote. For devs out there, there was also this nugget from the press release. Quote, worldwide, the App Store has brought in nearly $40 billion for developers since 2008, with over one-third generated in the last year alone, unquote. And you know that million manufacturing jobs that Apple gets beat up for not having them in the U.S.? Apple added this little bit of info to tweak those that keep harping on that. Quote, Largely as a result of the App Store's success, Apple is now responsible for creating and supporting 1.9 million jobs in the U.S. alone. Nearly three-quarters of those jobs, over 1.4 million, are attributed to the community of app creators, software engineers, and entrepreneurs building apps for iOS, as well as non-IT jobs supported directly and indirectly through the app economy. This from job creation estimate based on research by Dr. Michael Mandel, Progressive Policy Institute, App Economy Jobs in the United States, January 6, 2016. Unquote. So yes, there are U.S. jobs being created by Apple, just not ones involving the stuffing of boards or the insertion of pentalobe screws. Just saying. Per those that say Apple just put out this PR to try to pump up their stock, um, no. Apple did basically the same press release last year on January 8th and also in 2014 on January 7th. So no, this was just a normal early January press release talking about record app sales in the App Store from the previous week or two. If you've been following Apple's stock the last month, you're probably asking yourself, why is Wall Street all spooked about Apple stock? It's about the reports coming out of Asia that Apple has asked for reductions in iPhone production. Hmm. Let me think about this. The holiday quarter is over, and Apple is ramping down production. You think? Well, it's not like Apple has ever done this before. Well, not unless you count every single year since the iPhone was released. But yeah, if you throw out all that history, then this reduction is unparalleled. You can just hear them running around Wall Street right now. The sky's falling. The sky's falling. Some are saying Apple cut more than they originally planned to cut, and so far, I can't find one credible account of what was originally planned. But, and this is a big but, and I like big buts and I cannot lie, but if the rumors about the iPhone 6C are true, and it will launch in April timeframe, that could be a reason Apple might cut back a little more. After all, if the new 4-incher is released, and there are lots and lots of women and even men that like the 4-inchers, then you will see some people going small, and that would also affect the iPhone 6S and 6S Plus sales. Again, no credible sources able to show original iPhone 6S and 6S production orders for Q1 2016 versus what is now on the books from Apple for those devices. Folks, 
this is a lot of fear on Wall Street. And it's just, what do they call it, FUD. A lot of fear, uncertainty, and doubt going on around Apple stock right now. And speaking of Wall Street and bad valuations of companies due to fear, Apple's market cap now is at $561 billion versus Google's market cap at $511 billion. If you once again remove cash from the market caps, Apple's market cap is $355 billion versus Google's $440 billion non-cash market caps. That is a Google bubble of 1.24 times the market cap of Apple when you remove the cash again. That's just crazy. And we are moving closer and closer to that correction in the market. Philip Elmer DeWitt at Fortune is also thinking things are not quite making sense right now. He compared the PE of Apple at 11.43 versus Google at 31.27 versus Microsoft 36.44 versus Facebook at 102.63. Hear all this news and it does look like the sky is falling with regards to Apple stock. Well, actually, Apple stock is falling. Um, but here is the most interesting fact that you don't hear mentioned much, if at all. Google is basically a one-trick pony when it comes to where its revenue is generated, ads. And Google is almost a monopoly with the online ads. Well, at least they have the largest market share by a big, big margin. Google's only way to really grow revenue is to really have the market grow. And there is not a meaningful market share left out there for them to grow from. Apple, however, while dominated by iPhone revenue, does have the iPad and, I, and, and the Mac lines, which are a much bigger percentage than Google's second and third product lines. But with the iPhone, globally, Apple is still a small percentage of the market share for smartphones, meaning they have room, a lot of room to grow in their market. Even if that market goes close to flatline growth for this year, you know, you know people are saying that 2016 might be flatline growth overall for smartphones. Of course, if Apple was growing market share, we would be hearing about that from our holiday sales, wouldn't we? Well, guess what? We are. Yahoo's Flurry Analytics, which tracks 780,000 mobile apps and can tell when one of those apps is activated on a new device, um, they put out some data. According to them, Apple kicked butt and took names over the Christmas week with regards to those new activations. 49.1% of all new devices activated between December 19th and December 25th were iOS devices. Put that in comparison, Sammy had 19.8% of activations, Nokia was 2%, LG 1.7%, and 1.5% went to Xiaomi, and all others combined were 25.9%. At least from the data people can gather on the last quarter sales, it looks to be another record quarter. And by record, I'm not just talking Apple records, but history of the known universe record revenue for a company record. Of course, what the real numbers are will all be revealed on Tuesday, January 26th at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. That is when Apple's next quarterly report conference call will be. As I said right before the last quarterly call, it was going to be this one in January that really, really mattered. Should be an interesting call to see what the real numbers are and what, if any, information Apple gives out about Apple Watch sales. Guys and gals, 2016 is here. It's a new year, and have you been thinking about New Year's resolutions? Well, here's one that all TII listeners should have, and that is to stop overpaying for a great shave. Yes, we're talking about my absolutely favorite razor of all time, Harry's. 
And if you go to harrys.com, that's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com, and use promo code TII, you will save $5 on your first order. Harry's will give you the best shave at the best price without all the hassle of having someone to unlock the display at the store. Price, performance, convenience, check, check, and check. That means no regrets about foolishly squandering your money on overpriced blades that dull quickly and take up a bunch of your time to get them at the store. Harry's great shave at a great price was not about luck either. Harry's went and found a German blade factory that was almost 100 years old and purchased it. Harry's owns the most important part of the razor, the blade. And by cutting out the middleman on both sides, that means they can keep the price low to you. Plus, Harry's as an organization helps those looking for jobs by donating 1% of their sales and 1% of their time to help prepare people for professional success. Yes, a shave that feels great from a company you can feel great about. Once again, go to harrys.com and save $5 off when you enter promo code TII with your first purchase. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com and enter coupon code TII at checkout to save $5 off your first purchase and start shaving better in 2016. And when you're buying razors, don't forget to get their aftershave lotion. The other day I had it on, my wife said to me, the best compliment you can possibly get, wow, that smells hot. So yes, make sure you pick up the aftershave lotion as well. Hey, Rob, it's Brent out here in Oklahoma City. I was uh, just in the process of listening to your latest podcast. Um, I'm getting around to it a little bit late. But there was a gentleman in there that had mentioned a problem with his phone not actually going by what he sets it for to automatically lock. And I actually noticed this, this issue as well. And so what I've actually figured out, and I don't think it's really widely publicized, but this is what I've figured out, that kind of like when you have your phone face down and it won't do the Hey Siri thing, if you actually have your phone face down, it will lock after one minute. But if you have your phone turned up, of course, it will do the Hey Siri thing, and it will also go by what you have your auto lock set for. So that is what I've noticed, and I've kind of tried it a few times as well um, and did some testing on it, and that's what it looks like to me is what's happening. It's kind of an interesting deal, and I guess Apple felt like, well, if you've placed your phone face down, then it doesn't need to stay locked for as long or stay unlocked as long as you want it to, um, and it just locks after a minute. But if you have it face up, then they think maybe you're going to use it some more in that time frame. So try that out, Rob. And uh, also um, hope this helps um, that listener out there and maybe some other people that might be scratching their heads on this one, but kind of a weird deal. Just kind of stumbled across it myself, but that's what it seems like to me. As always, appreciate you. Catch you later. Brent, thanks for the feedback. To the email bag, we shall go. Hi, Rob. Per why apps are not backed up onto the Mac, it's because of app thinning. When you download an app onto an iDevice, you are not getting the whole app anymore. You are only getting those parts of the app relevant to your device. So for example, on a four inch iPhone, you won't get any of the huge images meant for the iPad Pro. So if you were to back up to onto a Mac, you would end up with something that you couldn't install on a different iDevice. When you download iOS device, onto a Mac using iTunes, you get the whole app unthinned, which you can then install on your iDevices directly. Regards, Jill. Back to the email bag. 
Dear Rob, in episode 377, Ben from Montreal reported that his screen locked after one minute, even though it was set for two minutes. He mentioned that he did not try other times, so I did and found that if it was set for one minute, it would lock in 30 seconds. If it was set for three minutes, it would lock in 90 seconds. In other words, it always locks half the time it's supposed to, unless it's set for 30 seconds, and it locks in 30 seconds. So the workaround is to set it for four minutes, and then it'll lock in two minutes, just like he wants. By the way, it's not fixed in in the beta of 9.2.1. Regards, John from San Francisco Bay. So, John, you know, it seems different people are getting different results on this. For myself, when I set it for a minute or two minutes or five minutes, it locks in a two minutes or one minute or five minutes. What it's, it locks at what I set it for. But it sounds like other people like yourself and Ben are seeing it wrong. So this seems to be some sort of intermittent issue. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. To the caller on episode 377 with location-based reminder problem. Go into settings, mail, contacts, and calendars, then go through all the email accounts listed and make sure calendars is turned off. You may have them on and they override the native calendar for location reminders. Regards, Stan Bentley, Winchester, Kentucky. Well, Stan, thank you for the heads up on that. Hi, Rob. Per the listener, uh, with questions about contacts and not being able, being transferred properly to his new phone, I have gone a few rounds with contacts and have settled on a nice solution that also happens to work well for transferring to a new device. I use a PC, so iCloud syncing is not really a solution for me. I use Google Contacts, a feature of Gmail, and use the Card DAV protocol to sync my contacts between my phone my iPad, and Gmail. I found that this works great as long as I make sure I'm only using the card DAV protocol for the contacts, no iCloud contact syncing, no exchange, etc. Also, when I'm setting up a new phone, before I enter my card DAV credentials, I make sure iCloud contact syncing is disabled and there are no other accounts under settings, mail contacts, calendars that are syncing contacts. The iCloud syncing settings are also listed in settings menu, so it is a very useful place to make sure you are configured for using one service. Again, my solution is to sync to Gmail via card DAV with no other contact syncing enabled. On a new phone, if I make sure I am only syncing contacts to the same card DAV account, all is synced and happy within. Uh, within just a couple minutes. Regards, Charlie in Portland, Oregon. Well, thank you, Charlie, and everyone else for your email feedback this past week. Hi, Rob. Tom from Crystal Lake, Illinois. Calling in response to the caller from episode 377 that was looking for some help with location-based reminders. What I had to do is I only use it for my work in my home, and I had to create a contact called work, give it its address, and one for home, and give it its address, so and then it seems to work. Sometimes it's just within a mile, I'll get the reminder, and sometimes it's right on when I pull in, say, my driveway or the parking lot at work. Hope this helps. Love the show. Thanks, and happy holidays. Thanks for the feedback. We are now over 2,500 members in our Google Plus community and growing. Thanks to everyone that has joined, and thanks for the great posts. One post in the Google Plus community that went up since the last episode came from Tosin Oladani. I know, Tosin, I kill your name every time. Who posted the following? Quote, 
Does anyone know how you delete alarms off your Apple Watch? I use Siri to set alarms on my watch all the time. And now I have a long list of past alarms. I can't figure out how to delete them. So I don't have to scroll down for a day before I get to activate my active alarms. Thanks. Unquote. And from Tony Price, he had this answer. Quote, Click on the alarm on your Apple Watch that you wish to delete. It will bring you to the edit screen. Scroll down to you see delete. That's it. Unquote. Well, thanks, Tony, for that answer. Since the last episode, there were also dozens and dozens and dozens of other new posts and comments in the TII Google Plus community, which is an Android fanboy's free zone and a spammer free zone. Yep, it is the most civil Google Plus community covering iOS. Folks, go to todayinios.com slash community to join in. And thanks to all 2,500 plus of you already in the community and contributing. Also from the Google Plus community was this feedback to episode 377 in the comments for that post from Amico. Quote, to Aaron, who was wondering about the regulatory symbols that used to be on the back of the phone, they were electronically displayed in settings. If you go to settings, general, about, legal, regulatory, unquote. So you can see them there. And from Francisco Tapia, quote, in response to Daniel, I say, try the dark side, Daniel. Yes, Google search is better, which is why all my Google searches are performed on Safari. Which, which is default to Google. After Daniel comes back from trying the new Sammy phone, he can tell us all why it sucks. Unquote. Thanks to Michael for the heads up on this next tip. And this tip is supposed to help your iPhone if it is, quote, acting slow, unquote. What you do is open up the App Store app. And then, per the five buttons at the bottom of the screen, pick one, just one, and tap it 10 times really quick. So tap on the same button 10 times. And then you should see the screen flicker and show a blank screen for a second or a few seconds. What you have done is emptied out your App Store cache, emptying out the temporary storage. That, in theory, can cause your phone to be sluggish, and by emptying it, not sluggish. The article Michael sent also says this works for the iTunes app and the iBooks app and the Apple Watch app. However, they said it does not work for the podcast app, the music app, Game Center app, or the iMessage app. That said, I tested the podcast app because you know, I have to test, I don't have to believe. And you know what? It actually does work for the podcast app. Um, so you may want to try it. Just tap on either the featured icon or the top charts icon. It doesn't work if you tap on the podcast icon, but if you, you tap on the featured icon or the top charts icon 10 times, you will see it flicker the screen, change it for real quick, and then come back. So it does that. This chip also works for the podcast app, which if you have lots and lots of podcasts, might be something you want to try. Have I noticed any difference in performance since I did it? No. Thanks to Dr. John for the heads up on this next one, which is an article for all those that use Apple Pay and are wondering which stores near them take Apple Pay. The app is called PayFinders, one word. The app is free, and again, it will let you know which stores near you accept Apple Pay. The makers of this app claim to have just added over 12,000 new merchants in North America, 95% of them being small businesses. If you ever wondered which stores near you take Apple Pay and not just Walgreens and McDonald's, then you will want to take a look at PayFinders. Alrighty now, let's talk 2016, as in predictions. 
And there are lots and lots of them out there with regards to the iOS world, that is. I think the top two for the first half of 2016 right now that I'm reading are the iPhone 6C, the 4-incher, and the Apple Watch 2. Later in the year, there will be, of course, iOS 10, which will be announced at WWDC in, in June, early June of, of this year. And, of course, the iPhone 7 and 7 Plus that will come out in the fall, along with updates to the iPad lines. Really not much of a stretch or any stretch on those items. Um, I think if you wanted to say one item that was a stretch, that would be the Apple Watch 2. I, I don't really see anyone talking about Apple getting into any major new categories this year, or even hinting at it for that matter. So not a whole bunch of surprising predictions there. There were a few different posts slash rumors about the iPhone 6C, for lack of a better name, that came out in the past few weeks. The one key spec all of them share is that it would be a 4-inch screen. Some reports have it with the A9 chipset and 2 gig of RAM, an 8 megapixel camera, an improved FaceTime HD camera, and it would have also, of course, have Touch ID and Apple Pay support. One rumor has trial production already started, with full production getting going later in this quarter, with an April launch date for the new 6C. Hopefully there will be at least a 64 gig version and ideally a 128 gig version. If Apple only releases a 16 gig version like they did with the iPhone 5C, that would, in my opinion, be a huge mistake. I really think people will choose the iPhone 6C not because of price, but rather be, you know, per my wife's desire to stay with the smaller 4-incher rather than the not comfortable to fit in her hand 4.7.5 inches. It's not price, but physical size and comfort that a lot of people desire, and that means larger storage options will also be needed. Don't make this Apple a low-end device. Just make this a smaller device. Rumors are continuing to come out about the iPhone 7 as well. An article in Forbes had these three key new features for the iPhone 7. One, it will be waterproof, which, you know, we're almost already there with the iPhone 6S and 6S Plus. So this really just looks like the logical next step to make it officially waterproof. Two, no more antenna stripes because nothing makes you look fat like stripes. So how does Apple get rid of those annoying stripes? Well, that's item three, a smart composite body. It is being rumored the Apple's iPhone 7 will use a case made from a new compound material, which is RF porous or RF transparent material, whatever you want to call it, meaning signals can pass through with little to no degradation, thus removing the need for antenna stripes on the outside of the case. Another set of rumors out there is about the iPhone 7 Plus, as in it will have 256 gigabyte of storage option and a bigger battery. I, I wonder, is if that means 32 gig is the new 16 gig, where we're likely to see the new storage options, in this case, it would be 32 gig on the low end, 128 gig, and then 256. That would be a nice split. And other rumors out there also have the iPhone 7 being the thinnest iPhone ever, with the headphone jack going the way of, well, the home button, as in both are being rumored that they might be gone with the iPhone 7 with 3D Touch taking over for the home button and Touch ID sensor being put behind the screen itself. All of those rumors uh, with 
per the removal of the home button seem to me to be less likely. I still think there's the issue where, you know, they, they put Sapphire on that home button because they don't want it. Scratches causes it not to read well. So unless they're going to go to Sapphire screen, it seems they really can't remove the home button. Per other 2016 predictions, rumors, let's get into a few from the listeners um, that were sent in since the last episode. Hey, Rob, it's Kevin Craftsman from Fremont, California, and here are my Apple 2016 predictions. January, Apple reports selling 76 million iPhones, beating the year-ago quarter. In February, Daniel finally gets Siri to work. To celebrate, he heads to the Wisby Pub and is later hospitalized. In March, Apple Event announces the iPhone 6C and the Apple Watch 2 with longer battery life and a faster processor. In April, the Apple Watch 2 actually launches. The outside case design is the same size as the previous version, but bands are decoupled from the watch at the time of purchase. This presents a better upgrade for Apple Watch 1 owners and lowers the price by $50. Also, the iPad Air 3 with the A9 processor and Apple Pencil support launches. In May, Apple purchases Overcast from Marco Arment and replaces the default podcast app. In June, Worldwide Developers Conference, iOS 10 gets an X, and macOS is renamed and drops the X. Support for the iPhone 4S and the iPad 2 and Mini 1 is dropped from iOS 10. WatchOS 3 allows users to customize what the hardware button functions rather than forcing it into contacts mode. In July, Current C Consortium folds. But Apple introduces a new new iPod Touch. Colors. In August, well, actually nothing happens in August. September, the Apple event is on Wednesday, September 8th, and the iPhone 7 is introduced. It's advertised as waterproof. Though it includes a traditional headphone adapter, it does ship with lightning earbuds. The 16-gig model is dropped for iPhone 7 only. Also in September, the Apple TV 5, with 4K video and support for more simultaneous controllers, is introduced. One of the SKUs for this product includes a gamepad and a free game. iPhones are actually released on Friday, September 23rd. In October, the iPad Pro 2 is introduced. The price drops by 50 bucks on the 128 gig models, and a version of the iPad Pro 2 is produced with a traditional laptop design with the screen not removable. In November, Apple Campus 2 opens. This campus features anti-drone technology, much to the chagrin of bloggers and YouTubers. And finally, in December of 2016, a new beautiful battery case for iPhone 6 and iPhone 7 is released. The press complains it is less practical and heavier than the older battery case. Phil Schiller's head explodes. Kevin, thank you for those very thoughtful and thought-out predictions for 2016. Hopefully the last one and the one regarding Daniel do not come to pass. Back to the email bag from David Levine. Well, actually, this is from the Google Plus community from David Levine. Quote, my 2016 Apple predictions. There will be a new iPhone and Apple Watch. Well, duh. But my real breakthrough this morning was that all with all the new next type plans that Apple will break the paradigm and introduce new iPhones every 18 months. I believe March will introduce the new iPhone 7, unquote. Hello, Rob. This is Jan Brown. Predictions for iOS 
next year in 2016. I think there'll be a bunch of phones, a little one, a big one, but I'm thinking about the iPads. This is a hope. It's not really a prediction. I want iPad Air 3 to have some of the capabilities of the iPad Pro without, since I'm a voiceover user, all the, as I would see it, unnecessary screen real estate, but be able to do the same stuff and have better speakers. I just want more. What can I say? Merry Christmas. Have a great new year. And uh, looking forward to hearing the next podcast. I can't wait. I'd love to get your notifications because I know then that I'm in for treat. Bye-bye. Jan, thanks for the voicemail message and for the kind words. Per Christmas, I am happy to report my mom and dad love their bowl and branch sheets. And my mom gave me the ultimate mom compliment. Rob, you should not have spent that much money. That was way too much. That with that is what is great. Bowl and branch sheets just look and feel really expensive like they're too much money. But they're not actually really expensive and too much money. The sheets from Bowling Branch are made from 100% organic cotton. Of course, organic cotton is incredibly soft. The sheets get softer each time you wash them. You'll get the nicest sheets you've ever owned for about half the price of what stores and boutiques would be charging for sheets of even far lower quality. Until Bowling Branch, no one challenged department stores, so they've been overcharging you for crummy sheets forever, and there is just nowhere else to shop. But now... You can buy right from bowlandbranch.com with bowl spelled B-O-L-L. Folks, you can kiss those retail markups goodbye. These sheets are only sold online at bowlandbranch.com. You can't buy them in any stores. That's how they keep the prices low and free of markups. But here's the best part. Don't take my word for it. Try them out for yourself for 30 days risk-free. Bowl and Branch is so sure you're going to fall in love with their sheets that they give you 30 nights to try them out. If you don't love them for any reason, they will take them back and refund you without any hassle at all. Go online to bowl, that's B-O-L-L, and branch.com, and it gets even better. Go to bowlandbranch.com today for 20% off your entire order for sheets, towels, blankets, duvet covers, everything, plus free shipping, and all their products come beautifully packaged in their signature boxes. Go to bowlandbranch.com today for 20% off your entire order when you use the promo code TII. Again, that's bowlandbranch.com, promo code TII. Hi, Rob. Been listening for a couple months now. I love the stats and just uh, up-to-date info that you give. Uh, I listened to the most recent episode, 377, and there's the family of seven that needs help with a calendar. I believe when you make a email account with Yahoo or uh, Google, like a Gmail account, they have a built-in calendar uh, function. So if you make an account with them and make events through that email, I believe it syncs to all devices that have that account hooked up to their iPhone. My prediction for... 2016 is going to be that just probably a good year. I I hope that the iPhone 7 Plus is going to be something that I'm really going to look forward to getting and can't wait to keep listening to you. Thank you. Have a nice one. Thanks for the feedback. Into the email bag. 
Hi, Rob. My wife and I love to cruise, and we enjoy different activities while on the ship and would love to be able to message each other while on the ship. If we used MMS or iMessage, we need to be connected to the internet, which is very costly, so we don't do it. However, we are able to remain connected to the ship's Wi-Fi for no cost and wondered if there was any iOS app that allowed messaging from one iPhone to another without having to use the internet. Some would, um, some sort of direct one-to-one messaging on a local Wi-Fi network. Thanks, Rob. Looking forward to a great 20, TII 2016 year. Ron from Toronto. Well, hi, Ron. There is an app that I've mentioned in the past called Chat, which is a mesh network chat app that I think is what you're looking for. Search in the app store for Chat Mesh Network, three words, and it should be the first result. I'll put a link in the show notes. There are others you can try as well. SoChat or Flows or WeMesh or Wave off the grid chat. I, I would actually suggest you and your wife download all of them before the trip and then see which ones work best for you. And then please, please, please report back your findings. Let us know which app you found to work best because I'm sure there's other people that are looking for answers to that as well. Back to email bag. Hi, Rob. I wanted to share a recent experience I had with Apple Watch. I couldn't resist the $100 off sale at Best Buy. I've been telling myself since they announced the watch that I don't need it. Of course, I don't need it. However, it is definitely one of those products where if it was taken away from me now, I would notice it greatly. I went with the 42mm gold sport watch with the blue band, and it I didn't really care for the blue band, but when you see it in person... Wow, I've got, I also got equipped with a black and antique white band. The bands alone are beautiful and are eye-catching. I can't believe how convenient it is to be able to quickly reply to texts and other notifications without having to dig from my phone. I would have to say one of my favorite features is being able to control the music in my car. I have a Bluetooth Kenwood head unit paired with my iPhone. I don't have the microphones installed on the Kenwood, and at any time I want to use Siri, the Kenwood thinks I want to make a phone call, which I don't. I hate phone calls. If you have the volume down low enough, I can just tell Siri on the Apple Watch that what I want to hear, and it plays through my stereo. That alone is a game changer for me. I really enjoy all the other features on the Apple Watch, especially activity. I liked it so much, I decided to get my girlfriend a rose gold one for Christmas. Hope you have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Love the show. Regards, Oshkosh Josh. Hi, Rob. Do you know if I could update my iPod Touch 4th Gen to iOS 9.2? Regards, Tim L. Hi, Tim. iOS 9.x, any of the 9.xs, are only compatible with the iPod Touch 5th Gen and the iPod Touch 6th Gen. It is not available for the 4th Gen or older units. Sorry. Back to the email bag. Good morning, Rob. Hope that you had a great Christmas vacation. In episode 376, you mentioned that you were testing the bumpies that were sent to you for review and that your initial thoughts were positive. I wanted to follow up with you now that you've had it a little bit of time with them and see if you would still recommend them. I really enjoy the iPhone 6 Plus in naked form, but worry about dropping it on the tile floor where I work. Even the thinnest of cases makes it all but impossible to carry in my front jeans pocket, but when naked, it's no problem at all. 
Let me know your thoughts as I value your opinion. I've got some Christmas cash that's burning a hole in my pocket. Regards, John C. Well, John, I'm loving the bumpies. They've been working great, you know, knock on wood. Um, I do have a glass screen protector on the front, um, but that's it. And the bumpies, I'm loving the naked feel, and it gives you great protection for drops. So, yeah, if you want that naked feel but also want protection, then I highly recommend you get the Bumpies, and that's B-U-M-P-I-E-S. Just Google it, and you will find them. And, you know, again, I, I, I'm loving it because you really, um, with my gold iPhone 6 Plus, I've got the white Bumpies on it, and you can barely even notice them because they kind of just blend in with the unit. And everyone I've shown it to loves it. Uh, they love the feel. And again, knock on wood, it's working really well. Hey, Rob, this is Justin from Pennsylvania. I wanted to call and give a um, brief review on the new Apple Smart Battery Case. I thought it was a, a gift for um, Christmas, and I think there's been a lot of bad press about it, and kind of wanted to, after using it for a little while, I wanted to give a little review for it. I had my biggest problem with my iPhone 6 is the battery. I just was, I had to charge before the end of every day based on regular use. I have tried some of your battery saving tips. Some of them I can live with, some of them I can't. So I'm probably a little more of a battery hog, you know, because I don't turn everything off quite the way you had recommended. But um, I have definitely taken some of those into account. So, so I'm not the most efficient battery user. However, this case is it's pretty cool. I mean, a lot of people hate the hump on the back. That's what everyone talks about. But I think what actually makes it feel your phone feel pretty thin in your hand, the hump in the back, it still feels like you're holding your iPhone normally. The hump doesn't really get in the way and actually feels good in the hand. Um, probably the big, three biggest knocks on the thing is the price of $100. You know, I didn't pay for it, but um, it is pricey. Next would be the, um, the fact that you can't turn the battery off, on and off. It just constantly, you know, there's like the Mophie, you can't do it. And probably the third thing is it's a big lid magnet. Because the, the just like the silicone cases, but with the battery sort of plopped inside of it. But the best best thing about it is that I love is number one, your phone knows it has the battery case on, so it doesn't drain your battery as fast. Like when you have a Mophie on, it thinks it's plugged into the wall, not to a battery pack, so it's less efficient. So I'm finding myself getting a lot more juice out of my my case. In fact, in many times, I'm barely even touching my phone's battery by the end of the day on some of my lighter use days and other days I'm leaving my phone with 80% on heavy days. I can, I can get through a full 24 hours now on my iPhone six, which I know a lot of people claim they can with basically from what I've seen, my wife has a six plus I'm basically getting six plus battery life hours with my phone now with this. And the best part of it is, is I hate micro USBs. I get to use my lightning, my lightning cord. I just, I hate micro USBs. I, I always plug them in the wrong way. I always feel like I'm jamming them in the wrong way. And I love the lightning cord and this lets you use that and it works you never have to take your phone out of this if you don't want to and that's the best thing about it i have to say all in all i love this case i mean it's up to you to decide whether it's worth a hundred dollars to you it's in line with the price of the mophie cases however you can get other cases for 40 to 60 dollars but they're going to be much bulkier and um, they don't integrate with iOS at all. Also, when you pull down your notification center, it'll tell you uh, how, how much battery the case has in it. So there's no LED on the outside like a lot of the other cases to tell you that's how they get around iOS not knowing how much battery is in your case. But with this one, um, it's integrated into iOS and, and your phone knows the, ca the case is hooked up to it. And when you charge it with um, 
in the thing, it charges both at the same time, which is really nice. So all in all, I'm going to give this thing a thumbs up for me, and I'd recommend anyone else that's look in the line, looking for something like this that is like me. Like I'm, external batteries don't work for me because I lose them, I forget them, I lose the cords. They're just not as convenient for me. I'm kind of, I need something a little bit more convenient like the case. So I'm going to have to say it gives good protection to the front of your case, your phone. It has a lip, so your, your screen will hit on. It feels good in the hands. It feels like it's made of you know, quality products. You know, the, the silicone case feels nice. And um, all in all, I this is a buy for me if you guys are looking for something like this. And I know everyone, a lot of iPhone users are always looking for more battery. And this is a way to do it. And I really like it. Anyone looking for something like this, I would recommend it. Thank you very much, Rob. I love the show. And everyone have a happy new year. Thank you. Bye. Justin, thanks for your review of Apple's smart battery case. And I was thinking of going over a bunch of new products of, that were released at CES, um, but there's just too much for this show, for this episode, for sure. So I'm just going to go over one that jumped out at me on this episode, and it is the keychain size external battery pack for your Apple Watch from the good folks at Griffin. It is called the Travel Power Bank, and it retails for $70.00. Sadly, it's not available yet. It has a Q2 2016 availability date. But this is a nice small battery pack for your Apple Watch with the built-in inductive charging disc. It is just slightly wider than the charging disc, and it's about twice as long as the disc and about as thick as the current charging disc. It even comes with a loop for your car keys. Uh, this is one that I really like, and I definitely plan to get this one when it's available, um, and I dare even say I might pay for this. Folks, if you saw any items released at CES on blogs, or if you were actually there, please let me know your favorites. Give us a call, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOONDOG, or shoot me an email, today in iOS at gmail.com. Let me know your favorite products that were released this year at CES with regards to iOS devices or the Apple Watch. I had a few people already email me about the Travel Power Bank from Griffin, so that one already looks to be a favorite of some of the listeners of TII. Into the email bag we go. Hi Rob, do you or your listeners know of an app that can schedule texts letting me write them and then automatically sending them out sometime later? I know of apps that can remind me at a certain point to send text, but I want a set and forget type of functionality. One example for how to use this would, is that I'd like to send out reminders to people one day before an event and then sending the same message a few hours before said event. Writing this message once and then set it to be sent to the context at two different times would not only speed things up for me, but also make sure I don't forget sending out the reminders. With the handoff functions that are now available between the iPhones and Macs, I could use a solution for either iOS or OS X. Sincerely, Hampus Hera. Well, folks, if you can help out Hampus, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG, or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. Happy New Year. Back in iOS 5, I think, a new security measure obliged us to define and unlock passwords and the auto-lock timer whenever we entered an exchange email account into the stock mail app. The never option not got grayed out to make auto-lock mandatory. 
I remember reading about this on some Microsoft site as being a security requirement from the Exchange server. This behavior remained through iOS 6, iOS 7, and iOS 8, but with iOS 9 and 9.2, I can select never as an option, even having that same Exchange account in use. Did Microsoft loosen up their Exchange security measures for iOS, or is it a bug in iOS 9.x? Thanks for the show, and here's me wishing a great year for Apple and your podcast. Regards, Fabio E. Fabio, thank you. And I know there's a few people out there that are very knowledgeable on the Exchange server side, and if anyone can help Fabio out with an answer on this, let us know, give us a call, or shoot us an email. Back to the email bag. Rob just wanted to give some feedback regarding Apple Music. I find it confusing to know what songs are ones I have purchased through iTunes and what songs are Apple Music ones that have been downloaded for offline use. In both scenarios, you see the, the phone symbol. I would like to see some way of differentiating between Apple Music offline songs and iTunes purchased ones. Hope you had a great Christmas. Regards, Steve and Brisbane. Hi, Rob. This is Alex from Walnut Creek. I'm having a problem with podcast subscriptions. There's some podcasts that me and my wife share that we listen to the same podcast. And if one of us gets to the podcast first, then the podcast progress gets updated on her devices and my devices. What's happening is we're sharing a, an iTunes account for purchases for App Store and so on. And I was wondering if there is a way to still share the iTunes account but not have the podcast update the progress for both devices or for both people. I really don't care to sync between my devices. I just need my uh, iPhone to, uh, to have only the podcast that I listen to and the progress that I have without the other person interfering. So um, thanks for your help and uh, enjoy the show. Have a happy new year. Hi, Alex. The solution here is on your iOS device that you listen to podcasts on, go into settings, then go to the podcast app, and then go to the settings there and turn off sync podcasts. So if you turn off sync podcasts, it will not sync data between multiple devices. You should do the same thing for your wife's devices as well. So again, go to the settings app, then scroll down to podcasts, tap that, and then go to sync podcasts and check off that button, turn that button off, and it will no longer sync between multiple devices your progress. How much do you weigh? That varies by planet. How much do you weigh? About as much as a pinch of fairy dust. How much do you weigh? That's a pretty heavy question, Robert. Siri, who's your favorite college basketball team? I always like to root for the underdog. I guess that makes me a fan of Dayton right now. Thanks again to Bull and Branch for sponsoring this episode. Folks, go right now to bullandbranch.com with bull spelled B-O-L-L. And use promo code TII to save 20% off the nicest sheets and cotton products you have ever owned with free shipping to boot. And before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or record your feedback and email it to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode, or it can be a question or rant you have about something else, an app, a product review, good or bad. As long as it is iOS-related, it is welcomed. 
I'm always looking for new artwork to feature that you created on iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And of course, we're always looking for more music created on iOS device to play on the show. It's your show, and your feedback is greatly desired. Also, don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. Thanks again to Harry's for sponsoring this episode, and please go to harrys.com now and save $5 off when you enter the code TII with your first purchase. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com, and enter the coupon code TII at checkout to save $5 and start shaving better in 2016. Don't forget about the TII app, which is free to you. Search for TII in the iTunes App Store. It's the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications each time a new episode of TII is released. It is fully voiceover friendly, of course. Please go right now and download the TII app. And as I said, it's free. And that, folks, is going to do it for us today. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for TII. Hey, Rob, this is Dusty from the Colony, Texas. I uh, just had some feedback, actually several things to give some feedback on, so I'll try to make these quick. I uh, just listened to the last show of the year, and I have some responses to a few of the people who called in. Uh, you had somebody that called in about location-based reminders. Uh, I have an experience-based guess, I guess, on that. Um, I had a similar issue where when I tried to say, uh, you know, call my mother, and say who's your mother, I would try to tell her who my mother was uh, by selecting the contact, and then it would say uh, some very similar, like uh, relationships are not supported uh, for your contacts or something like that. Uh, the issue was my default contact management or, or system or whatever was Google. So all my contacts were automatically going to Google, and Google doesn't have a field for setting that relationship. So I'm wondering if the location-based reminders uh, is the same thing. So maybe his reminders are coming from Google or from um, Yahoo or some other reminder um, system or app or whatever. Uh, and so there's no field or no way to set the location of when that reminder should pop. So that's my guess on there. Um, Daniel asks, why not Android or why not Samsung? Um, I just roll my eyes anytime I hear Android these days. Uh, but I know you know, part of that's maybe I'm drinking too much of the Kool-Aid. But anyway, uh, my biggest thing is updates and security. 
Um, first of all, if you are going to get an Android phone, don't get a Sammy. Don't, don't get anything but a Google Nexus phone. Google Nexus phones get the updates when Google releases them. Every other model, uh, Google has to release them. Then they go to the hardware manufacturers like Samsung. They sit on them for two or three months. Then they release an update to the carrier like AT&T or uh, Verizon, and then they sit on them for two or three months or longer, uh, and then they may or may not release them. Um, so when you buy a phone, and correct me if I'm wrong, anybody listening, um, but I think you're going to get at most two updates to your phone. Uh, and then compare that, of course, to how many updates we get with iOS. iOS occasionally has security problems as well, but they patch them. We get the patch immediately. And, you know, as you always tout, the, the numbers of adop uh, adoption. Um, so um, that's a really big reason to me. I would like to see IT departments start not allowing Android phones unless they are Nexus phones. Um, you know, in favor of security and stuff like that. So I think that would that would be interesting. And to me, I think it's a reasonable step for security of businesses and stuff like that. Um, someone called about shared calendars. You mentioned Google Calendar. That's what I use. Um, and you can specify who you want to share it with, um, and only those people will be able to get it. Um, I did have a little bit of issues telling it to not only sync my main Google Calendar, but also the additional one. Um, if the caller calls back in and needs help with that, I can figure out what I did. Uh, okay, so then, so here's my stuff. I would like to see in a software update the option to turn off tablet mode on a 6 Plus or a 6S Plus. Um, how many of you actually like to rotate your message app or your email app um, to the landscape mode to where it goes into the, the tablet interface? I think it's almost completely useless. I, anybody that I ever see use that, um, they, they turn it back because they don't want it to do that. Um, features of a new hardware, I'd like to see the inductive charging like you mentioned. Um, right now, I don't really care for it. I mean, I, mean, I don't miss it, but um, Android users, friends of mine, um, say that it's amazing and they can't imagine having a phone without it, blah, 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 blah. Um, so I'm sure I'll feel the same way once I ever have a phone with that, but I'm definitely not going to switch to Android phone for that. And my last um, problem I'm having, um, my podcast app uh, stops playing podcasts randomly. Like I'll be listening to a podcast going down the road and just occasionally it'll stop. And this is like, I listen to podcasts every day on the way to work and from work. This may happen every other day at most, just stopping one time and then I just have to hit play again. Um, I have my data going over cellular, so it's not like a, a Wi-Fi signal being dropped or anything like that. Um, you know, everything's set wide open because I have a pretty much unlimited plan. Uh, so I'm not real sure why why they would be stopping while they're playing, but it didn't happen that frequently, but I thought I'd go ahead and mention it. Anyway, sorry I've been uh, rambling on so long. Uh, thanks for all you do, Rob. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Hey, Rob. This is Dusty again from the Colony, Texas. Sorry, I have a couple things to tack on to the end of my phone call. Uh, first of all, with the not liking the, the rotation or the tablet mode landscape interfaces for like the texting app and the uh, email app, um, I just wanted to say, because I can hear the people already, I do know about rotation locks. The problem is that it blocks it for all apps. So, for instance, the YouTube app, 
then I can't rotate it and see a video, you know, landscape kind of in full screen. Um, so that I don't want to use rotation lock. I've seen too many problems with that. Kind of the same thing with, uh, I know you can switch to zoom mode, um, which makes everything a little bit bigger. I tried that as well. Um, but it just seems like there's way too much testing from Apple and other uh, developers where they test in regular and not in zoomed. And so there's just layout issues associated with going to zoom mode that I'm not happy with. So um, anyway, if that was anybody's solution or your solution, um, that's, that's not what I'm looking for. Uh, I just want a toggle to turn it off and make it behave like an iPhone 6 or, or whatever, not a non-plus iPhone. Um, and then the other thing about Android, which the list could go on and on and on, um, but of course Samsung phones have Samsung Pay now. Um, I don't know if they're going to be fighting Google to be the default payment thing on a Samsung phone. Probably they are. Um, but I would never in a million years use uh, Samsung Pay. Um, I would probably start storing my money in a box on the front porch that says do not open before I would trust them with my money. So anyway, uh, that's all I wanted to add on. Thanks again. Bye.